The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday at Tale Bar City Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're loaded up. Plenty to look forward to when it comes to the NFL. It is back. As you'll have NFL action, Rams, Bills tonight. We'll talk to a former Bill in Viking and Panther and Charger. Jeremiah Searles coming up here a little bit after 5 o'clock. We'll spend time. Uh, the Hale Varsity Bureau will join us. Great uh, insight when it comes to volleyball and football. Brandon Vogel and Aaron Sorensen this hour. And uh, following uh, Searles next hour, Gary Barnett. What's he think in Nebraska? What's he think of this Whipple Frost dynamic? We've not spent a ton of time on the uh, the air quote drama, <laughs> or dare I say tension, if there is such a thing, right? New uh, new guys working together uh, through it in the thick of it with uh, coordinator and head coach. So we'll let Coach Barnett, who's a golfing buddy with Whipple, uh, weigh in on that. He'll give us some picks, and then Vizen's own. Danny Burke will join us. Burke's best bets. Plenty of thoughts long-term and short-term with your NFL weekend. Numbers to get in can join us at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. And give us a follow. Find us on Twitter. Follow the show at H Varsity Radio, at Schmidt underscore Radio, Chris Schmidt, that's me. And then give Elijah Herbal a follow uh, at Herbal Essence. Tomorrow, 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 we are on the road in Lincoln at the Single Barrel Live there at 4 to 6. And if you're going to kick it at the Hale Varsity Club, you're encouraged to do that off of Giles. Your uh, Redcasters going to be there doing a pod at 6. So stop on by, get a beer and a sandwich and uh, get your Friday rolling the right way with uh, some sports talk. So, Elijah, uh, are you ready for for this season with uh, your donks? Are you ready for Saturday with Nebraska? I think looking at the, the, the stress level, you've got a lot of stress. It's a stress test Saturday for Nebraska. How much better can you be defensively? Can you take care of the football? Can you take care of the football and maybe some wet and bad weather? It's going to be weird. You're going from mid-90s to uh, upper 60s, and it might, dare I say, be fall and chilly with, uh, with a north wind. Can you take care of the football? Can you run the football if they know you're going to run it? And can you run the football if it's 
not uh, conducive to throw it? And can you focus on the work at hand? Because guess who's looming? Oklahoma. You've heard the, the, the word trap game, and it's fair, uttered this week. But I think Georgia Southern's got good ball players. I know Clay Helton was a bit of a fish out of water. He's a Florida-Georgia guy. Okay, Texas. I mean, he's 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 southeast part of the United States, south, and he was out in La La Land. It ain't for everybody. And uh, went one and one last year, got blown out. He's at Georgia Southern. It's got a rich history of lower division national championships. So he'll have some dudes. They're not going to be scared. And it's all up to Nebraska to uh, to take whatever confidence they gained the uh, the final fourteen minutes of last Saturday and come locked in for a night ball game. And you, you mentioned the, the stress test factor, and I think one of the biggest stress tests for me looking at this game on Saturday is just how this Georgia Southern offense operates. It's so completely different than what you've seen through the first couple of games of the year, and it's completely different than what you're probably going to see the remaining games on your schedule. They're a tempo team. They like to get that, that rhythm passing game going, that three-step drop, get the ball out quick, let your receiver do something with the ball in his hands. That doesn't look like what uh, Northwestern brought two weeks ago it doesn't look like what North Dakota brought last week and it just does not look like what a, a Big Ten team is going to be bringing I mean Nebraska has been pretty much the only Big Ten team that's been running tempo over the last couple of years and really really trying to get up to the line of scrimmage in, in 15 seconds get those plays off quickly and, and put a stress on a defense that way no one else really on Nebraska's schedule this season is going to pose a threat like that to this Husker defense aside from Georgia Southern and that's where I look I mean we had comments from Scott Frost earlier saying well, we'll see what that looks like and I think we'll get into Scott's comments here in just a second but that's where I look where I go yeah that's going to be a stressful job just because it's so different than the way any other offense on your schedule is probably going to attack you this season well and there's different ways that this ball game can can absolutely stress you you had uh, Eric Chenander that was uh, part of the network, of course, and he was on. And, uh, you know, he spent some time. He'll be on the network tonight, but he, he did some post-practice audio. And he's right. The game doesn't change. Comes down to getting off blocks, making tackles, lining, alignment assignment, right? And uh, when it comes to, to, to Georgia Southern, I mean, they put up a boatload of points, a boatload of yards, and they should have. But it is all going to be. It's going to be all about Nebraska tackling in space and just disrupting any semblance of rhythm. Uh, rhythm last night. You heard the crowd. You heard the cheers. You saw uh, an incredible spectacle. Volleyball. the The volleyball state is Nebraska. Uh, Coach Cook and the the Husker volleyball team able to kick it into gear and win in five sets. We'll talk to Aaron Sorensen about that. Also, uh, Brandon Vogel, uh, he co-authored the John Cook biography with Coach. Uh, he's around the quarter. But what a, what a showcase last night when you look at record-setting attendance, when you look at 18,000, near 18,000 at CHI, it was really, really cool. And Creighton, uh, tip of the cap to, to what they are as a program and how good they've been, how consistent they've been. And you have a you have a, a state that has always loved volleyball because of what Pettit built and Cook continues, and and then you have Creighton doing what they're doing, and you have winners. People love winners. Newsflash: people cheer for winners, and and you've seen this fan base grow and grow and grow 
the last 30 to 35 years because how excellent they've been. I mean, if you could take, if you know how you, you can just drag and click and move, if you could just take training, practice, mentality, recruiting, and then ability and wave a magic wand from what you have in volleyball to football, I think everybody would be happy. Hmm. At one point, you had that in football, but John Cook's got it in volleyball. And, and again, Creighton uh, was, was super impressive last night to, to cause a little uh, Tums or, or heartburn moment. Yeah, talk for, about stress test right, for me. <laughs> yeah, right, right for, for, for Nebraska. And then I don't know how many folks busted their TVs last night. You get home. And you, your DVR and the volleyball in it. Oopsie, we better get to MLB. That was an uproar. <laughs> you, 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 are you, do you not want to comment on this? It's one thing if you got the Yankees and the Red Sox coming up on Fox Sports 1 afterwards. It's another thing if you got two teams that are sub 500 in the MLB against two of the best volleyball programs in the country. And, oh, it's the biggest crowd to ever see a volleyball match, uh, a college volleyball match, I should say, in the United States ever and you were gonna flip away from that for sub 500 baseball two teams that aren't gonna make the postseason and I, there's probably some sort of contract thing that lawyers would be up in arms would be a whole thing if they didn't switch it over to mlb but i thought that was one of the tenets of broadcasting that i have heard a long time you never switch away from a game in progress there was a game we were talking about this morning on kfor it happened in 1968 but the raiders were playing the jets and there was some CBS movie of the week. I don't know. It was in the hippie era, way, way, way before <laughs> me. And the long and short of it is you have Joe Willie Namath, right? His fur coat, Broadway Joe on one hand. I think Madden was coaching Oakland. And the, the Raiders scored two touchdowns in nine seconds. Something crazy. I screwed up the time, but it was act of God nuts, okay? And and nobody saw it. Because they switched to the the movie. Uh, It's the Heidi game. Jeff Motes. Yeah. So this movie called Heidi. Don't know who Heidi is or was, but yeah. Lesson learned with the NFL. If that thing's going to run over, it's going to run over. So let's, let's get some NFL picks going. All right. We'll have some weekend action. We'll hear from Scott Frost coming up as well. But are you, are you veering off from the the chalk? And the chalk says it's Buffalo or bust. Are you? Is this a Super Bowl preview tonight? I don't think the Rams get back. I think they're really good. I think Minnesota's going to win the win the division. Uh, I, I by default, I guess I go with the Eagles. I like what they can do. I like Arizona and San Francisco. Uh, other side of the pond, I guess Indy or Tennessee. Pretty definitive here, forgive me. New England again, why not? And then I think the AFC West is going to rock, always. Wide open. Wide open. Well, everyone's got a quarterback now. Mm-hmm. Sort of, unless you're Vegas. But give me Kansas City to win, but your donks to get to the wild card. And I think Pittsburgh is going to be a mess. I hate to say it. 
I'll just take you through the divisions here. I got my picks all ready to go, Schmitty. Sure. AFC East, the Bills uh, make it in in the AFC East. And we'll see. The Patriots are a wild card potential. Uh, I guess we'll see what that AFC shapes up to be because I could see uh, two teams making it from the AFC West in the wild card. In the AFC North, I like the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, as uh, The Bengals are their real competition there. Deshaun Watson coming back so late in the season. I don't think that's going to be a factor. I got the Ravens uh, over the Bengals in the AFC North. Down in the South, it's anyone's division, but I think the Colts. I think a strong rushing attack will carry them through with Jonathan over, Taylor. Over Tennessee. Over t- Tennessee, I see floundering a little bit this year. With losing their best target at wide receiver, I'm not sold on Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback, and it kind of comes down to, to Derrick Henry. They've won a lot of ball games despite him. Mm-hmm. He's good at play action and hitting the seam route. But no, your picks are, are on the money right now. I think I fear Cincinnati taking a step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because their schedule is going to bump up. They really came out of nowhere. Now, Cincinnati's invested well defensively. So that that was a pleasant surprise. Can they can they keep that up? Uh, is Lamar going to stay healthy and take care of the football better? He's too good to not finally go get some wins in the postseason. You're right about Buffalo. We'll get Searle's take on the Bills here coming up. But I think it's just too much Kansas City. What are they going to be offensively? How much of a step back did the Chiefs take without Tariq to open everything up? And one thing that we heard from Mahomes earlier this week was he said he, he apologized in advance to fantasy owners, anyone who has a Kansas City wide receiver, because it's going to be <laughs> a little bit of a wide receiver by committee. One guy's going to step up one week, another guy the next. We'll see what that looks like for the Kansas City offense. For that reason, completely unbiased, I'll take the Broncos to pick in the AFC Unbiased, West. my... Right. <laughs> in the NFC... I think I'm with you. I like the Eagles in the NFC East. Cowboys uh, could give them a run for their money. That one should be maybe uh, the closest division race uh, in all of football. That one between the Eagles and the Cowboys should be interesting. In the NFC North, a lot of people picking the Vikings. I'm going to go with the Packers again until I see them not win the NFC North, until something proves me wrong. I'll stick with the Packers. NFC South, give me the Buccaneers. And in the NFC West, give me the Rams yet again. But uh, I think the Cardinals are going to give them a run for their money this season. So that's what I got. All my division champions. Yep. Give me Minnesota edging out Green Bay. Give me Tampa over New Orleans. And give me give me Arizona and the Rams. I think San Francisco could be that third. Could be a third team. I don't trust Trey Lance one bit. Well, they'll still have Jimmy G there. I don't trust Jimmy G either. He's gone to a Super Bowl again. The despite part of it. I mean, Mark despite Sanchez Ryan Tannehill. Despite Tannehill. Okay. Despite Tannehill, Tennessee's been great for a long time. Despite the the uh, unavailability of Garoppolo, San Fran's been all right. We have time for Frosty. Yeah. All right. Let's hear a little bit from Scott Frost. There's our NFL picks. Do not go to the casino on these. Except mine. Mine, feel feel confident. Especially the AFC West. The Broncos, they don't really have any competition over there. Do not go to the (laughs) casino on these. Uh, Picks sure to go wrong. Scott Frost uh, laying it out there. How did uh, things go this week? And uh, defense, uh, the topic here, the importance of deep practicing against the ones. Is it better? Will Nebraska be more game speed ready this weekend? Defense always practices hard. We wanted to make sure to give them full speed looks. Um, it just seemed to me, like I said, like we were a half a step away from a number of plays. And uh, sometimes when you're when you're practicing against scouts, you can get there without being quite at full speed. And um, hopefully against our ones, they they need to have be a step closer to plays in order to make them. And um, we'll see if that helps. 
Scott Frost touches on Georgia Southern, what they bring to the party. I think it's going to be a fun ball game Saturday night. Uh, they're athletic. Um, you know, they're making a transition on, on offense. I um, think they have some good pieces. Their receivers can really run. We've seen the quarterback before. Uh, O-line does a really good job. Uh, you know, it's been an option team, so really impressed with the way they come off the ball. Um, defensively, they got guys that can run and move all over the place, so uh, they're not short of athletes, and, and I know they'll be well coached. So the status of Henrich and Vokalek, uh, they are still day-to-day. I don't think that you're going to see those guys. you got to get them healthy and ready, hopefully, if you're a Nebraska fan for Oklahoma. So some frosted flakes right there. And uh, thoughts here as he gears up for this weekend. NFL on our mind, college football, Nebraska, Georgia Southern. And excited to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. Brandon Vogel coming up. Aaron Sorensen on the Husker volleyball effort last night. And Gary Barnett and Jeremiah Searles still to come. When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now. Now, before it's too late. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo. We welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Talk some pigskin with us. He is in that glorious football office. Vogues, did, did you add another ball to your office? You've got the, the throwback football. That looks, well, I would say vintage Harvard 1920s. What's that black? Yeah, that's the football. But there's a there's a black spear behind your head. If you're streaming us, you'll see this <laughs> on YouTube TV. What is that? Is that a stress ball, my friend? No, this is a mini basketball, old oh, school. Really? Places. So that's what that is. Um, be better if it was brown, but black was the best that we could do. So... Peach Basket, John Wooden slash Fear the Fog. I mean that that type of ball. That that type, yeah. <clears throat> maybe maybe the type of ball that that Naismith used uh, all those years ago when creating this wonderful sport. Mm. Is, is there a story behind the, the acquisition of that? Is it like a, a replica or, or what is the, what is the, the ball? I mean, we're we're diving way into the. No, the Vogue's threatened somebody and he just took it. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's a there's a company out of New Jersey called Leatherhead Sports that oh, yeah. makes these kind of cool uh, old vintage vintage balls for for lack of a better term. <laughs> they've got basketballs. You can get them in the full size. Uh, they've got footballs. The footballs are particularly great. I've given them as gifts before to football fans in my life. So really, I'm I'm fond of the football. If it, you know push comes to shove i would rather have a full-size basketball but we've got a tiny black one for now schmitty i'd just like to note that we are grown men that laugh simultaneously there (laughs) we're we're just children uh now the the serious part of this is is the fact that i don't have a football 
you don't have a football. Just just saying. You've given these as gifts, uh, along with the Hale Varsity subscription. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe Vogues will sign a football for you, We, we too. do have a, a limited edition ball here in the studio of 2011. Okay. <laughs> the, the good old days. I'm not sure what the story behind that. It's just been sitting there Gra- for as long it. as I've seen Put it. Put on, it on okay. camera. We can compare footballs. So, Vogues, Georgia Southern, you know them well, and you've had a chance to keep an eye on them. The, the theme for Thursday is stress test. Uh, how how stressful does Saturday get? Does it does it exceed two minute mark, three minute mark, third quarter last week? I mean, is this thing going to be back and forth? Do you think, or I think Nebraska kind of takes that step forward and and goes Mike Tyson here uh, with this game as they continue to ramp up and get better? I don't think it should be back and forth if Nebraska plays to its potential, which. You know, this is a Georgia Southern program that a lot like Nebraska, its kind of greatest era was tied to to option football. And it all of the time since Irk Russell built that program from from basically scratch from 1981 to, I think, 89, 90. And then Paul Johnson came in. Jeff Munkin was there, the current Army coach. Oh, wow. Willie Fritz, current Tulane coach, was there. Um you know, it's it's been this thing where like, oh, if we get away from the option, have we lost our identity as a program? Which, you know, Nebraska is something that comes up in Nebraska every now and again. Uh, the the Clay Helton hire is is their first attempt to to really truly go away with that with kind of a shotgun spread type of attack. And, and that's fine, but it's going to take time, as, as we've seen in Nebraska. It's going to take time to transition away from that. So this is a game that I think Nebraska should be able to control if it comes out and plays well. In terms of talent vogues, when you look between Georgia Southern and North Dakota, I mean, both of these teams are obviously teams that Nebraska uh, outclasses in terms of talent. But which one, when you just look on paper, do you, do you think could pose a, a bigger threat to this Husker team? We, we already saw North Dakota last week, and uh, I think some Husker fans were surprised by some of the athletes that they had, especially on offense. But when you look at this Georgia Southern team, do, do they out-athlete North Dakota? Yeah, I think they do. That said, I think this might end up being a little bit better matchup for Nebraska than North Dakota was. I mean, obviously, you're dealing with different scholarship numbers at at the FCS level, so that's part of it. But also, Georgia Southern is is a program that, at the G5 level, carries weight down there. I mean, they've had a lot of success. And if you're recruiting in Georgia, and the majority of their roster is from Georgia, you know, a Offensive coordinator Mark Whipple kind of referred to it midweek this week of saying like, hey, these guys are going to be twitchier. Like there's going to be athletes here that surprise you. And I think you'll see that in the secondary. I think you'll see it at the skill positions. Like there are guys here that can scare a power five defense, a power five offense. uh, If you're if you're not careful, that said, given all of the kind of transition Georgia Southern's had to go through into this new offensive system in particular. Like I, I do look, this is a little bit better matchup, but in terms of total team talent, there's no question for me. Georgia Southern is more talented than North Dakota. The, the biggest benefit may be aside from more one-on-one time, Brandon Vogel with this and just better tackling by Nebraska is this, this transition. 
I mean, I the way you've just painted this is the the Joe Daly year, right? Where you're going from a from an option football to a, a West Coast offense, more of a spread passing attack, air raid semblance with Helton, but you're going to have some dudes that can catch the football. I mean, look at Calvin Johnson, Johnson, uh, Megatron when he was at Georgia Tech. The guy was killing it in an option offense. <laughs> but uh, think if he would have been in a passing offense, right? So this this will be new. But I think Georgia Southern's got some athletes. Uh, from a gambling perspective, uh, do you like the numbers that are out there right now by your friends in the desert? The uh, the twenty three and a half and the sixty two and a half. Yeah, for for me that would be a tough number to take Nebraska at based on on what I think of of Georgia Southern and and to be clear, so Georgia Southern played Morgan State, an FCS team, in its opener. Morgan State is not one of the best FCS teams. In fact, they they were picked to finish last in their conference. They had a coaching change in the summer. Tyrone Wheatley, mm. former Michigan running back, left that job to become an assistant coach with the Denver Broncos. So they had kind of a late transition. And in that game, you know, you look at it, I think the final score was 59-7. Morgan State's only touchdown came on a pick six. It was 10-7 with five minutes left in the first half. So sort of similar to, to Nebraska a week ago. So that one, it strikes me as a little bit of a deceptive first game. You'll take it if you're Clay Helton coaching your first game at a new place. But 22 – well, it started at 22. We're up to 23 and a half, 24 at some spots now. It's a, it's a lot of points. Um, Nebraska would have to come out and basically have their way and have things kind of go ideally for them, I think, for them to hit that number. So I would I, – I expect Nebraska to control things here, but getting to that 23, 24 point mark, you know, at that point you're talking about one drive where – depending on circumstances, oh, do you punch this in? Do you even go for the field goal? Or do you just try to run out the clock? Real quick, does Nebraska need to come out and do that to, to calm the fan base? It wouldn't hurt. That, that's, that's for sure. Um, a game where Nebraska just kind of took care of business is, is pretty rare over these, these past four seasons plus the two games we've had so far. Um, North Dakota ended up looking that way. But it wasn't, as we all know, in the first half. So never never take that for granted. I think, you know, we can look at the games against FCS opponents, and there's a lot of them across college football on week two, uh, which doesn't make for maybe the most fun week. But, like, <clears throat> it's easy to write those off. Don't, uh, my, my advice would be don't do that. If a team comes out and beats an FCS team or a G5 team that's going through a transition like Georgia Southern is – uh exactly as expected like treat it as exactly as expected don't discount it just because maybe the opponent uh wasn't the most highly thought of coming in Vogue, yeah i don't think anyone is is overlooking this georgia southern team especially after what happened last week against north dakota and at halftime, the warning bells were going off. We even heard some, some boos in Memorial Stadium as the team trotted off, and there's been some discussion of that this week. But rather than talk about that, what do you think a successful first-half performance looks like for Nebraska? What, what do you think this team has to do for the fans at halftime to be satisfied with the first-half performance and be, be feeling good about this Nebraska team? 
Yeah, I mean, so you've got 30 minutes to work with. Um, as we saw last week, you know, if if things don't kind of fall into place the way you'd hope they were, you might end up with your offense not being on the field a whole lot. So I, I think a, a two-score lead at halftime would be a pretty good marker of like, okay, this is going close to what the, the various power ratings out there would project. Um, the 14 points would be would be great in my mind because at that point you know you can kind of lean on that and play into your lead a little bit but that that's kind of the marker for for a game like this you're talking about a 22 point spread 23 24 point spread if you're if you're up by 14 at, at half you're you're more than halfway there now you could come out and you know do what say Alabama did against the Utah State I mean that that spread was over. 40 points a week ago and even though it was alabama and even though it was utah state a team that has to replace a ton i was like oh you know there's just so many things that can happen that alabama covering that spread seems like a remote possibility but sure enough they did through basically two and a half quarters so nebraska's not operating at that level yet i don't think that's fair to expect but it is fair to expect them to have a lead going into halftime Vogue's about uh, 30 seconds. What's coming up with you and coming up with Hale Varsity? Yeah, so we'll obviously have Georgia Southern game this week. Had a great volleyball match last night with great coverage from Jacob Padilla. He'll be all over the Long Beach State and return of Tyler Hildebrand and Callie Schwarzenbach, two former Huskers. And then the September issue of the magazine goes to print essentially Monday morning. So busy putting that to bed, which will look at Nebraska's performance in Games that have been closer than this one project is projected to be. Mm. Brandon Vogel with us, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine. Get his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion, and get your subscription, HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Vogels, we'll catch up with you this weekend, and uh, thanks for making time from the football office. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. There he is, Brandon Vogel, uh, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Erin Sorensen, a little more perspective. We'll spend some time on volleyball with her. She was courtside with CHI last night, Nebraska Creighton. Some thoughts from her on Frost, uh, the presser today. And then 25 minutes, Jeremiah Searles, NFL and Husker football. Hail Varsity Radio presented to you by Currency. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency Courtside last night at CHI. Aaron Sorensen, you saw all the the great posts on Hale Varsity, and of course her and Jacob Padilla covering uh, Nebraska volleyball. Uh, we'll call her the professor. Aaron, uh, how's it going? Uh, it's not like you, you're busy or anything today. Thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, no, it's uh, been a busy day. Uh, had frost, which was you know our typical Thursday, but I'm also teaching a class in Nebraska this fall, which is exciting, but um, has changed my changed my schedule a little bit, which. 
you know, it's it's all good. Just running across campus. <laughs> That's awesome. Aaron Sorensen with us. What did uh, last night look like? You were right there. We listened to it. We've seen the pictures. But just the, the atmosphere, I mean, uh, the, the, the record of attendance. But two, uh, two big-time programs, and Nebraska's been Nebraska a long time, but Creighton uh, did really well. It got tight for Nebraska and Coach Cook, but they responded the right way. What did you think of the, the match last evening? It was probably one of the best volleyball matches I've ever actually seen. Um, and I'm not just saying in person, but watched on television. It was just really, really, really high-level elite volleyball. I feel – awful for people who didn't get FS2 and, you know, were relying on FS1 and then had to have that match moved in the middle of the fourth set because they really missed out on some exceptional volleyball, especially for anyone who might have just been watching that isn't a fan necessarily of either, but just thought, hey, I'm going to tune in and watch this. But uh, this, this Nebraska team has a lot of really strong hitters, which is great, especially when we're looking at what this team is going to need to do heading into Big Ten play, but this this is that was elite level playing volleyball. I mean, Cook said it after the game where he's like, "It's too bad somebody like can't win this game." Essentially saying like, "It's too bad that they both can't win because they both certainly deserved it." But it was it was a it was truly a heck of a match. Well, Aaron, one thing that that John Cook mentioned after the match was all of the the Nebraska girls that were on the court last night, both for Nebraska and for Creighton, and. Uh, from a, a personal standpoint, I was at the Salt Dogs game last night, and we had a couple of people crowd around my phone trying to to watch the stream after it moved to FS2 because not everyone got FS2, but I, I got it on YouTube TV. Thank you, YouTube TV, and everyone's all <laughs> crowded around the phone checking in on that. So, so can you just speak for a moment about what the sport of volleyball means for the state of Nebraska? It's it's supported different here in the state as opposed to anywhere else in the country, really anywhere else in the world. Yeah, volleyball in Nebraska is just. Um... It, I'm trying to like, I don't know if you really can truly sum it up at times. It, It's not just at the collegiate level, but like John Cook, you know, always is really, really good about pointing out that it's not even just Nebraska and Creighton. It's, it's UNO, it's Wayne State, it's Kearney, it's all of these other, you know, colleges in Nebraska, but it's also the um, high school teams. It's the... Uh, <laughs> the middle school teams. It's these premier leagues. Like, they're so... There's so much talent in the state, and there's so much investment in it. And I think if it shows nothing, it, it should highlight for anyone who's going, why should I care? Like, why should I invest in volleyball, depending on where you're at? Nebraska is a great example of what happens when you truly invest in something. The state has invested in the sport and, as a result, has seen the payoff where the <laughs> – the talent that just comes out of the state to the point where, like, they can't all play for Nebraska or Creighton. Or, you know, you have players who are going to South Dakota. They're going to other schools because there's just not enough room for all of the talent to play, in, you know, to play collegiately here. And, again, I think it's just a really good reminder that when you invest, when you invest in sports and women's sports, it pays off. And Nebraska is a – is a great example of that. Like, you just look at that, like the fact that you said you're at a salt dog team and people are like, I need to know what's going on. This is why that game one should have never been moved off of FS1, but it's also why people should continue to invest in volleyball and invest in growing this game because people clearly want to watch it. 
Aaron Sorensen with us from Hale Varsity at Aaron Sorensen on Twitter at CHI last night. Nebraska Creighton, a classic. Aaron going to switch to football. How's the vibe? Coach Frost, his post-practice today. And it could be a little wet for Nebraska-Georgia Southern Saturday night, but uh, another opportunity for the Big Red. Yeah, it it was – you know, a pretty standard Thursday press conference from Frost. He's, you know, often not too too down or too up at any point with these these press conferences. But um, he he mostly he seemed in you know good spirits, like as much as like you can kind of read in those moments. But I uh, talked a little bit about how he thought it was good. You know, he had said early in the week he wanted to get more one ones versus ones this week to really like basically stimulate game action and felt that went well through the week. Um, felt, you know, they're getting closer with both Nick Henrich and Travis Bokalek. He said they're both day-to-day at this point. Um, and said, you know, they'll have to just kind of see what the weather looks like on Saturday if they're going to have to make any adjustments, whether that's, you know, the run game has to take a, a bigger focus, uh, which if that's the case, if the weather is telling you, maybe the weather is just saying more Anthony Grant. Maybe, maybe the weather is a – Fan, um, but he just said that they'll kind of see what it looks like when they get you know closer to Saturday. Um, but the good news is for anyone who is sincerely worried, uh, it doesn't sound like this is a an Akron type of weather situation. Good. It is mostly looking like rain. Um, Rusty Dawkins, uh, who do, who is the man behind Husker Weather, who does a post for Hill Varsity, uh, he thankfully let a bunch of people know. Don't worry, it's not looking like an Akron type of thing. Uh, just, just more of a rainy day, which does change how you can, you know, the passing game, which actually might, you know, hurt Georgia Southern, who is a pass-happy team. So that was kind of the vibe today. It's just uh, we'll see what we're getting from the weather on Saturday, but feeling like they've made some improvements through this week. So, so it might not be Akron, but it, it might be a, a get up to Council Bluffs and bet the under? <laughs> Possibly. I, I think whatever the uh, – Whatever the expectations as far as score and anything else, I don't think uh, you can make too many plans with anything this season with Nebraska, and that's hmm. without the weather. I think Nebraska is just going to give us give us a give us a heck of a time every week, no matter what. <laughs> so expect the unexpected, the lock of the weekend from yes. <laughs> Aaron Sorensen at Aaron Sorensen on Twitter, where you find a reader with HailVarsity.com and magazine. Aaron, have a good class. Thanks for a few minutes. Of course, yes. We're just going to, you know, we're just going to be talking about they're doing interviewing. So this is perfect. I just, you know, I'm coming off of an interview. This will be great. Here's what not to do and don't take this guy's phone call. (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciate you letting me hop on for just a little bit of time. Erin Sorensen with us from Hale Varsity. Good to spend time with her. Jeremiah Searles, 15 minutes away. How about your friends at RedZoneTickets.com? Need tickets? Have tickets to buy or sell. Red Zone tickets buys and sells for all types of events. You want to go see Nebraska. You want to check out Husker Volleyball, Creighton Basketball, the concerts you got to be at, College World Series. Hey, RedZoneTickets.com. They have options for you. You want to see Luke Combs at CHI, Dave Matthews. That's around the corner. You seem like a Dave Matthews guy. I've been to see Dave 10 times. Yep, there it is. So there we have it. Chiefs, Dallas, Green Bay. Your local source, Omaha, proud 
A-plus Better Business Rating. Log on today and 100% guarantee on all orders. RedZoneTickets.com. RedZoneTickets.com. We'll wind down Hour 1 with Hale Varsity. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, next hour, Jeremiah Searles coming up, Husker Preview, NFL Thoughts, Gary Barnett, and then Danny Burke, Decent Sports Network, Big Picture, and Weekend Picks for the NFL We are presented by your friends at Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. So Elijah Clay Helton sounding off on what he likes to do to his team to get him repped and prepped for what Saturday's to bring. If you would have told me 59 points and 500 yards in game one, I probably would have taken it right off the bat. Um, But um, the thing that we try to do tempo-wise, we really feel as the game goes on, uh, hopefully we're wearing down your defense. The way we practice on Tuesdays and Wednesdays is physically tough, and and the kids accept that. They know it going in. You know, we, we win the game on Tuesdays and Wednesdays by how hard we practice going good on good, uh, tackling, uh, you know, a lot of teams don't tackle during the week. We do, you know, and so you have, we have those one-on-one battles good on good. And so we put them in adverse situations, uh, whether it's with tempo, whether which promotes conditioning, whether it's one-on-one situations. So all of a sudden you look up and it's Derek Canteen going against uh, Duran Burgess. And, well, Derwin's used to that. And he's now on SportsCenter Top 10 because he's used to making that standard of catch each and every day. So so if you put your kids in adverse situations and you train them for that, Saturdays become a lot easier. And that's a lot to do with the tempo. I mean, we practice fast during the week. Um, our kids are in are condition to be able to do that. And you look in the third and fourth quarters when that plays counts getting up to 60, 70. Uh, last game, if you count penalties, it was in the 80s, uh, 83 plays, I think, that were run total. You know, and then you get some wearing down in that fourth quarter like you saw in the in the last game. Uh, preach, please send your practice syllabi here and send it uh, to other programs wanting to return to dominance. Please and thank you. Because it's, it's that is... All day yesterday. Yeah, that that is it. Beat the hell out of your guys within reason Tuesday and Wednesday and make Saturday doable. Because, hey, you got through this week of practice, and uh, now the, the fun happens on Saturday. Now, we'll get into that with Searles a little bit here, just what, what, what makes best for the lines of scrimmage. Because jury's already out on the lines of scrimmage and their conditioning based on Ireland and, and even... Uh, just uh, a little bit of North Dakota. And Husker fans have seen it for 10 years now in the Big Ten of, of you talk about uh, Saturday's a rock fight. It's a fist fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're saying it sounds it's wrong. To say, fight, it, it sounds wrong to say you got to beat the hell out of your team during practice, but they're going to get the hell beat out of them on Saturday because that's what Big Ten football is. And it, it comes down to you as a coach to be able to prepare them for, for getting the hell beat out of them. And it, it sounds wrong to say. I know exactly how it sounds coming off, but it's as simple as that. Football is a physical game, and it's not a game for people who don't like contact. 
It's a war of attrition, as they say. Buckle up, hands on the wheel, eyes in mind, straight ahead, the driver. One job to do, that's buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Take some of your emails, get to those next hour, and some phone calls. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Numbers to get in at 466-3776, or 800-825-5865. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Hour 2, we're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We will say hi to our favorite Husker lineman, Jeremiah Searles, joins us. Longtime Bill, Charger, Panther, and stop and take a drink. Uh, McCaffrey has got a dinged shin for all of you fantasy owners. I, he's on my team, and I looked into this. He had his shin cut by a cleat at practice. Sounds like he was stepped on and that, cut his that shin. Happens. Nothing major. That happens. He is in bubble wrap, which means it's hard to switch the ball from the right hand to the left hand. Uh, we continue on with Searles, of course. Uh, Jeremiah, how are we, uh, we hanging? You geared up? Do you have, uh, do you have the, the blue cheese and the wings picked out for your bills tonight as you get ready for the NFL? Oh, I'm so excited. The NFL is back to watch some real football again. And, yes, I do think the Bills the Bills should have the team to do it this year. But, you know, the Rams defending Super Bowl champs, so hard to say. We'll, uh, we'll get into some Bills and some Joshy Allen and your time with him in a little bit. I want to go to Nebraska. And, Searles, how you feeling, man? You, you have got, you've got the, the players – eyes and uh, you've played it you've analyzed it where are you at going into game three right now with this football team you know i'm, I'm conflicted Schmitty. i think conflicted is the best word that i can use based off the fact that you know i look at this roster and there's talent you know there, there's talent on this roster and there's there's plenty of it but at the same time you just start looking at like where's the disconnect because you're not seeing it transfer from what you should see on paper to the product that's on the field. And so I'm a little uneasy. I'm a little uneasy with this team. You know, I thought last week was going to be a big jump from Northwestern to North Dakota, and we should just roll that team. And, you know, North Dakota, we're in a nail-biter going into the fourth quarter. So, you know, I'm just – I'm sitting here going, I'm still unsure of what this team is and what this team could be. Searles, I want to get into practice and what 
you guys were able to do, and, and I'm not asking you to, to go Clint Eastwood, Grand Torino back in my day, but I do want your perspective on on how you guys, A, were, were tough, B, physical, C, conditioned. And you you hear the fan base as well. That's a concern for both lines of scrimmage. Uh, why? Why is Nebraska's lines off? And your style of practice, uh, how does it match or sync up, or does it to what's going on down there now? Well, you know, I think the easy answer on the defensive side of the ball, Schmitty, you know, I looked at the defensive snap count. We really – the depth on our defensive line is just not very good. You know, you never want to have a rotation of D linemen that's probably only four deep that you can really trust. And right now I think there's really only four D linemen that I would really trust to be out there. And when you have only four, you know, you're going to wear those guys out. You'd like to have six and seven, six and seven guys that when the starters come out, there's just not a big drop off to the production. And, you know, there's a big drop-off when guys like Ty Robinson come out and Feast come out and Nash Hutchman come out. Like, there's a drop-off to that second level that is noticeable. And so, as a coach and as a staff, you think, man, we just got to play our starters more to not have that drop-off. Well, it's just, you can't. And this is too physical of a league, and it's just too high tempo of a league to have your starters out there for 60, 70 snaps a game. So, I think that's part of the problem that's happening on the defensive side of the ball. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, it's just one of those things where you're looking at it and it just seems like we're really struggling to come off the ball and create holes. You know, I think Grant did have a huge day, but it wasn't like he was running through big holes. I mean, he was making guys miss and jump cutting. And, and I'm not sure where, again, it, that's part of what I opened with, which was the disconnect. You know, I'm not sure what's missing. I'm not sure where that disconnect is, but I know when we practiced when I played and, and really at every level I played at, like you have to practice at game speed. You know, you can't just think that you're going to get out there on Saturdays and turn it on. And I'm not saying that this team does do that, but there is times where it seems like we look like we're a half step slow on some things. And so I'm not sure if that's with we're young still on the front. You know, I think that we really have a few guys that are coming back that are returning starters. So there still could be some hesitancy on that offensive front as far as guys that are rolling or guys that are still trying to think too much instead of just get out there and playing. You know, but that's something that's got to get fixed here rather quickly. Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Find and follow him on Twitter. Searles, by year five, should you have more depth? Should you have six, seven, eight guys to, to turn to on the defensive line from a development standpoint? Should you have older, grayer beards on the offensive line, or is it just a crapshoot with the portal era today? You know, in an ideal world, yes. You know, but I think that a combination of the portal era and a combination of we've been a three or four win football team for five years, like those things add up. You know, you're not going to get the the borderline recruits of a hey, am I going to go to Nebraska? Or am I going to go to Kansas State? Or am I going to go to Iowa? Or those things where it's like teams the make weight for a recruit could be I want to win and go to a bowl game, and Nebraska hasn't done that. You know, and then you add in the transfer portal, and you think about guys like Casey. Uh, Casey Robinson that left and went to Oregon, right? I mean, so it's a combination of the things. It's a combination of sending your starting center to the NFL. It's it's a combination of all those things that have kind of all come to a head for Nebraska this year. You know, last year we were able to piece together a pretty good offensive line, but even then we were rotating Teddy in and Ben Hart and, and those guys. So it's just, there's been no consistency where you've seen a guy that's like waited till 
his junior year and developed for three years, and now he's coming out and he's a big-time starter. Like, a lot of our starters are young players because they have to play because we don't have the older guys to play. And that's not a recipe for winning. I mean, you look at what Wisconsin does. Wisconsin has guys that come in, and then they don't play until they're redshirt sophomores, and they've been in the program for three years. You know, that's how you make a big-time jump in your depth is you have the development, and Nebraska hasn't had that for a long time. Jeremiah Searles is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, when we talked last week, you talked about some fundamental issues within this offensive line uh, in terms of just things that you would think uh, a Division One starting offensive line should be able to do, but uh, they weren't able to do it with consistency against Northwestern. D- did you see any of those issues cleaned up last week against North Dakota? And do you think that the the way the Huskers ran the ball in the second half against North Dakota can give you confidence moving forward? Or do those issues within the offensive line still keep you from having confidence moving forward in this offensive line and in this rushing attack? It still keeps me from I still have some hesitancy towards thinking that we've got it figured out because as much as we can say, yeah, we ran the ball well in the second half and all that, like it was North Dakota. And mm-hmm. no offense to that team. That's a well-coached football team. They're going to win a good amount of games at the FCS level. But it's North Dakota. This isn't Michigan. This isn't Wisconsin. This isn't Minnesota. And you talk about depth, like, yeah, we ended up wearing those guys out because the depth from an FCS starter to an FCS backup, like, is a huge drop-off. And so, yeah, we just wore those guys out over time. The slow start is what worries me. The, the start of the game of seeing some penetration and seeing some us not blowing these dudes off the ball at the beginning of the game are what worry me. Like, eventually our size took over, but we can't start slow and we can't have those negative plays early in the game. We need to come out and start quick, which we did against Northwestern, but then it kind of fell off. And, like, we still haven't put a complete game. I know it's only week three, but that's kind of the jump you need to see from week one to week two and then week two to week three. And, you know, I I didn't feel like there was a big enough jump on the offensive front from week one to week two that I would have liked to see against a lesser opponent. Teddy uh, and Turner and Ben Hart, uh, they're still kind of finding their way. It looks like Teddy's still getting comfortable and trusting back from injury. Uh, Ben Hart, I know it's not been perfect, but it's been way, way better. And then Turner adjusting into that left guard. Those are the main cogs that, that are guys that have played some football before, right? I mean, Teddy, not a lot. But overall, the, 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 the high-profile top 150 guys, we've just named them. How do you think they're progressing here? And what's a, what's a benchmark or what's a point in the season they could, they could uh, I guess, peak or, or hit where they need to be? You know, I have a lot more grace for Teddy Prohaska than most people and because I still view him as a freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people assume Teddy's like supposed to take this huge jump from year one to year two. I mean, in all reality, he played one full game last year. You know, so like I still view him as a freshman. You're going to take your lumps with a freshman as a starting left tackle. Shoot, I was one. I get it. You know, you're not you're, – you're still trying to tread water. Like by no means did I expect Teddy Prohaska to walk out there and look like Taylor Lewan. You know, so I give him a lot more grace. Now, Ben Hart, on the other hand, he needs to be the guy that really takes a huge jump. And you're right, it has been better than last year. But he's now a third-year starter. He stayed in one position. Like, you need to see him emerge as a dominant player or else it's time to start figuring out who the next piece there is because you can't have a guy that's a third-year starter still being second or even third best on your line. You know, Turner coming in playing guard, he's kind of the, the fixer right now. He's not a guard, in my opinion. You know, I don't think Nuri going out, we really didn't have much choice but mm-hmm. to put him there at guard. I think in their ideal world, he'd be playing tackle um, or center. You know, but Hickson's been a little bit more solid than I anticipated. He does have a lot more experience. 
the right guard's been kind of a leap show. You got Bando, you got Henry Lutovsky, you've got all these guys who are trying to figure it out, you know. And these aren't conversations you want to be having in week three. You know, you want to be like, these are my five, these are my dudes, and they're all progressing the right way. And they just they haven't put enough confidence out there to be like, yep, these are the five guys that are going to take us to the promised land. There's still a lot of holes in the dam that need to get plugged. Searles, we saw it a little bit against Northwestern, and we saw it a, a bit more last week against North Dakota. The unbalanced line. What is your reaction to Nebraska rolling out and, and using an unbalanced line, not only in the rushing attack, but in the passing attack as well? Yeah, you know, I like the unbalanced thing. It gives the defense something to adjust with. It can create some pretty good angles as far as the run game goes. You know, but you saw Teddy Proaska end up giving a sack up because he was over on the right side. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's hard to do. And you ask a young player, like, hey, I know you're playing left tackle. But on a third and critical or whatever it was where he gave up the sack fumble, like switch over to the right side and block this guy one-on-one. You know, that, that's a tough thing to do for a young player. And so I think you're seeing some growth in that. And also seeing Mark Whipple's got to figure out what he can trust those guys to do and not do in real game situations. And you know, I'd be curious to see if they continue with that. But I like unbalanced because it does throw wrinkles at things, but it's not something you want to make a living in. Searles, to the NFL we go. Your time in Buffalo, you loved it. You guys were a really big-time team, and, and then they've continued to ascend just uh, the doorstep of a of an AFC championship and beyond. Tell me about Joshy Allen, your, your old boy Josh, and is it Super Bowl or bust, or do you still think something could roadblock him out of the AFC? You know, I, I think that in everyone's mind but the Bills at Super Bowl and bust. I think a lot of people are forgetting you lose Brian Dable to the head coach of the New York Giants, right? Ken Dorsey goes with him, and, and um, the O-line coach goes over to the Giants with him. There's been some turnover on the coaching side, not as much the player side, you know, but there's been some turnover on the coaching. that This might not be the same Bills team we're used to see. I can see the Bills getting a little bit of a slower start than they had just because it is new. You know, but Josh is just a baller. Oh, I love that kid. I remember when he showed up as a rookie, you look at him and you're like, dude, you're a child. But he's grown into a, he's grown into a man. You know, and he demands a lot of respect. I think an MVP-type season is definitely in the cards for a guy like that. You look at the weapons he had around him. You know, Stephon Diggs, obviously an absolute baller. Dawson Knox just got the big-time, um, just got the big-time contract extension there. You add on Gabriel Davis, who's having an emerging camp, going to be looking like a great wide receiver too. You know, all the pieces are around him, and then you add on Dalvin Cook's little brother there that can just kind of be the the scat back or the Rondell Moore, Wondell Robinson type player. This offense is primed to be enormous, and the defense is one of the best. So I think that as long as all the coaching stuff can get figured out and they can figure out their rhythm fairly quickly at the beginning of the year, then I think they're definitely Super Bowl contenders, and I think they're easy AFC East champions. Well, Searles, the old saying goes offense wins games, but defense wins championships with about our, our last two minutes here. You, you briefly you give a couple words to the defense. They did go make a big splash this offseason signing Von Miller. And, uh, That's we'll, Searles' we'll buddy. Von Miller? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give yeah, me an he, beat the hell out of me as a fresher. he beat the hell out of me as a redshirt freshman down at A&M. Oh, I remember. Oh, I remember. We, oh, I, do you? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> There's a but, giant pickup truck in the parking lot, and somebody's knocking on the door. Go ahead. But, Searles, with, with, with that Bills defense this season, do you see them taking a step with, with, with a guy like Von Miller? A, a bit of a different mentality. He met with the media earlier this week, and with that Bills legacy of, of you know, um, fumbling it in the playoffs. He said, let's burn it all. It's, it's a new legacy that starts today. What do you make of that Bills defense? You know, you look at what they lost versus what they added, and it's not – they didn't lose much. They've got two of the best safeties in the league, and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, if he can be healthy. You know, the biggest thing is the loss of Tredavious White. Tredavious White's 
an all-pro corner, I mean, defense player of the year candidate at times, and he's still not back from that ACL. So you've got a couple guys on the corner side that's going to be a little questionable, but you can't ask for a more solid front with Milano and Edmonds and Ed Oliver. And, you know, you, you've got all these pieces on the front, and then you add Russo from Michigan, who's going to be a, a emerging pass rusher. And you still got Epinesa from Iowa, and then you put Von Miller on that. Like, it, all the pieces are there. You know, if they can stay healthy, I think they'll be one of the best defenses in the league. Jeremiah Searles, Husker standout, longtime NFLer at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles, we'll talk Sooners and Vikings next, next week, buddy. Appreciate you jumping on with us today. Sounds good, guys. Go Big Red. There he is, Jeremiah Searles with us. Good to hear him. Good takes on the O-line and, and love his perspective on it a thousand percent. And uh, he's been kind enough to, to give us insight for uh, a lot of years. Gary Barnett coming up. We'll get the coach's take on that Whipple-Frost dynamic. Blown out of proportion or, yeah, is it something to be concerned about moving forward? And then your NFL picks for this weekend and big picture. Some futures bets, some advice. Friendly advice from Danny Burke. And, and dare I say, maybe coming up uh, at the tail end of the show, a new stake in a beer bet for tonight? Yeah, let's do it. What are we, what are we doing? Is a game tonight, I Bills, hope. Bills, Rams. Okay, for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. I bought two giant steaks for Junior last night. Brother. I mean, he got the grill fired up. It was so good. What cut? Oh, strip. Okay, okay. It's, like, still, it's yeah. like an inch and a half thick. Yep. It's marvelous. All right, uh, Coach Barney on the way. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency. There's nothing better than enjoying some sun with a drink and hot dog in hand, taking in America's pastime. Whether you're here for the baseball or the entertainment that comes with it, Werner Park is the place to be. The Omaha Storm Chasers have a handful of home games remaining, so get your tickets before it's too late. Give yourself something to look forward to as the summer winds down. Don't miss this opportunity to make lifelong memories with family and friends. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. We say hi to the coach, Gary Barnett, Northwestern in Colorado. Coach, it's been a while. Been way too long. I've missed you. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. Better than you, dude. You're, you're down and out for a while, huh? Yeah, and, and it was COVID before there's any, uh, any Guinness references. Uh, I was working over there. Came back with the wrong souvenir, coach. <laughs> well, you know, you're just building up those antibodies, man. So this, if it gets really bad, you're going to be Superman. Uh, yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> I'll have to throw something else around my neck uh, that's, that's kryptonite. Uh, I will be ready for tailgate season. Coach, uh, this is an awesome time of year. College football already in Nebraska heading into their third game. What's your gauge on the big red here? Big time win for Northwestern. You fast forward to North Dakota, tackling issues in both games for Nebraska. Nebraska found a way to lean on the run game, and now here comes Georgia Southern. What's your assessment of Nebraska right now as we move forward this season? Well, I think their team is just trying to find themselves. You know, much like teams that lose a lot in the portal and end up picking up a lot in the portal, they're just not hitting on all the cylinders that they would have if they had the same kids in the program. I mean, you can look around the country, everybody's struggling 
struggling with the same problem. Uh, you know, you saw LSU, who's got a, you know a million transfers down there, and they don't play as well as they normally would play. I think on a weekend like last weekend, which was, by the way, one great college football weekend. Oh, wasn't it? There were some great games, man. It was it was really cool for week one to have it take off and play out like that. I think Nebraska's just trying to find themselves. Uh, you know, I know we're experiencing that here at Colorado and you take a place like the Air Force Academy, they don't deal with transfers. They're just steady all the time and, you know, and even even teams like you're going to play this week, Georgia Southern, they're, they're made up of a bunch of guys who want to be there and mm-hmm. And you know what? They they play pretty hard. Teams like uh, Colorado and Nebraska and others, you know, they they still have to get those all those players on the same page. They've got to get their culture so that they buy into the culture. I mean, it's just it's just a hard hard thing, and you're limited on time, and you know they've got the other things in their life, and then you you've got the distractions of NIL, and you've got the distractions of agents and portals and this sort of stuff. I mean, it's just it's just hard for people, young kids, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, to, to know how to sort all that stuff out and do it and, and put the appropriate time in to the appropriate things. So it's just we're in a real tough time, I think, of for kids in college football. Well, it comes down to what type of kid are you recruiting and what's the maturity level coming in? And I saw this tweeted yesterday, and I wish I could reference it and give credit, but someone did some, some number crunching, and I think Nebraska's last or tied for last in the Big Ten when it comes to to non-transfer seniors that start. I think three. I think three is the number on that list is is Michigan. I mean, Michigan's got, uh, I think, 19 with the the same coach, the same kids that have stayed in the program. And no shock, Michigan's offensive and defensive line look incredible. Same with Northwestern coach. As Coach Fitz has had kids stick and stay in that program, Skronsky specifically, right? We think about how good he is at left tackle and how dominant Northwestern's O-line was that fourth quarter. They just body-punched Nebraska. It's not a coincidence that you have kids that stay in your program and develop. You're going to be pretty good on the lines. And I think that's where Nebraska's hurting right now. They have kids and they have kids that have been in the program, but they have kids that either haven't had to be the man or had a lot of big time starts. That's that's a big concern, Coach, moving forward is Nebraska's lines of scrimmage. Yeah, and I understand that. I mean, here at CU, we have 12 seniors that have been in the program and no juniors. Jeez. And 90 underclassmen. We played a team last week that had 62 juniors and seniors. These aren't grown men yet. They may think they are, but they're not grown men yet. And, and it's a big difference. And we're all, uh, all going through these growing pains, so to speak. And yet both offensive and defensive lines for Nebraska seem to be struggling a little bit. They're not certainly what we used to think of Nebraska uh, on either side of the ball. You know, all you can do is keep working, keep getting, keep practicing, and hope they grow together. And you have some success. You can build on successes and learn a little bit from the losses. You certainly will learn something from that first loss they had. But, you know, even last week against North Dakota, as I was following the the scoring line, up till the third quarter, they were really struggling Mm -hmm. late in the third quarter. And just watching the numbers come up against a team like North Dakota, you would expect the numbers to be a little better. But, you know, the rushing numbers were pretty good. 23 for 189. Grant had 23 for 189 yards. That's a good day. You know, passing, you're just 
there, still throwing some picks, still had two turnovers, and that's the kind of stuff you can't do when you get into, into the league. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, have you been paying any attention to the, the Whipple-Frost dynamic? Who's calling the plays? Scott won't answer that. The speculation is that, that Scott maybe had more influence in the second half. You know Whip pretty well. I think they're working together. Both of them putting their, their foot forward, I think, can win. I, I'd like to see some more quarterback run. I don't know if Casey's the guy to do it. When he does do it, if he can stay healthy, that's an added dimension. What do you make of this situation? You've been a play caller. You've also had to call down the thunder yep. to a play caller. Uh, that's, a, that's a tricky situation. Play callers, they've got a pretty good amount of confidence in themselves. And <laughs> You're being kind, right? <laughs> I am being tactful there. Uh, they really, really do have a lot of self-confidence, and when you put two of them together, then you're going to have conflict. It's just the way it is, and coaches are so competitive. I mean, that's why you're in the business, and that's why you can survive the business is because you have this unbelievable competitive drive about everything that you do. You put all those guys in a room, and especially all of them on one side of the ball, and you're going to have that kind of competition come out and it is comical though to watch it a little bit and uh you know i I just go back back and i think boy i'm glad that's not me but uh you do watch it and and whipple's a strong personality as scott is and they both have their own ideas and it's hard to give it up and uh probably one of the reasons uh mark came to nebraska when he was promised that he could do it his way and Mm -hmm. So who knows what's really going on. But the one thing you do know is they have the same thing. They want the same thing. Mm-hmm. They want to win. They want they want an offense that puts points up, stays away from turnovers, is consistent, and well, they want to be able to run it when they want to run it. And so um, who knows what they're going to decide that looks like. Um Casey, you never know. Casey Thompson could be saying, I don't want to run the ball. And and now they got another thing to deal with. So, uh, because anymore players can say that and get away with it. So it's, um, you know, you don't want that. And I hope that's, that isn't part of it, but you certainly wonder if it, if it possibly could be. I can just see Darian and saying, Coach Barnett, man, I don't want to run the ball. And you'd be going. <laughs> and you're, I'd say next man up. Yeah, ex- so. exactly, exactly. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, let's talk Clay Helton. Uh, thoughts on, on his team at, at Georgia Southern. Man, they can they can put up some points. They've got some athletes and should be pretty entertaining Saturday night in Lincoln. Well, don't ever count out Georgia Southern. That's a rich history. This is one of those games that's like playing Troy, Nickel State. They just have players. They have athletes. They have kids who want to be there. Uh, They're not afraid to play anywhere or anybody. They sort of want to do that. They're not going to be intimidated walking into into the stadium there in Nebraska. They're, They're going to come in. And, you know, and Clay Hilton's a good coach, but they're going to come in with confidence and just saying, okay, you know, this team is beatable. We got our own stuff. You know, they throw it all over the place, which Georgia Southern used to be known for its option football. In the 80s, I went down there, they had a guy named James Ham that was a quarterback, and they call it the Hambone. <laughs> and I went, I went down there for three days and stayed the Holiday Inn and watched film on those guys and walked around the campus and uh, went to the little creek they have and went saw, saw all their traditions. It's a proud school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they threw the ball all over the place, four touchdowns last week in the air, 29 for 46. So, uh, you know, this is a team that's going to come in and make you work to win. And uh, it's, 
it's one of those things, one of those teams where you go, oh, we got good. We got Georgia Southern coming in. Oh, no, we got Georgia Southern coming in. So we'll see what happens. Clay Helton's a good coach. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we're going to do some rapid fire. It's time for some college football picks. We'll start off with Bama at Texas, minus 20. You taking or laying? I'm taking Alabama. I think I think they're going to win by 20, okay. maybe more. Tennessee Pitt, you got minus six, uh, Rocky Top, on the road. Uh, you know, I just watched that Pitt game last night. I taped it, and, and um, I, I'll tell you, I think Tennessee's a really good football team. I think Tennessee. We go to Houston, is there at Texas Tech, minus three Red Raiders. You know what? I, I, I've been asked this this week, this same game, and I don't have a clue on that game. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, you guys should take the home team, but it's just three. That means they're even. I, you know, Houston, had, they had to come from behind to I mean, big time to win that game last week. Uh, Tech, you know, I don't know what they've got. I think their quarterback's out. So, I mean, you probably take Houston in this thing. You know who I was really wowed by over the weekend? Richardson from Florida. What do you think of that Kentucky-Florida matchup? I feel the exact same way. I was so impressed by that. I, I was impressed with him as a player, but I was really impressed with him by a personality and the way he handled himself on the sidelines and his, you know, he, he, he was not a hot dog. He was out there to play mm-hmm. and he was in it. You can tell he was focused on when he was on the bench, he was focused. Uh, when he was on the field, he was focused. I was probably most impressed by him, uh, more than any other player last weekend. He's big time, made the throws, can run the ball. Coach, we'll yeah. end it with uh, SC at Stanford. Does the coronation continue for the Trojans? Well, everybody likes Stanford. Uh, you know, I mean, more than more than I think I would have liked Stanford. And uh, But they're, they're all tooting their horns, and I guess they're, they're pretty good. But uh, SC is loaded. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's nine points. Um, Stanford always has a way of staying in there. I, I like I like Stanford to to uh, with the points, but I don't think they'll win. Gary Barnett with his coach will holler next week. It's awesome to spend time with you, and uh, we'll get ready for the Sooners. Uh, but uh, going to be a good ball game Saturday against Georgia Southern. Thanks so much, coach. Yeah, yeah don't don't overlook these guys now. That's a Hall of Famer, Gary Barnett, Northwestern Colorado, and a lot of years battling the Big Red. Good insight. We always love doing rapid fire with the coach. Good perspective. Really good insight on the Whipple-Frost dynamic. And, and Frost touched on if the weather dictates running the football. Scott kind of hinted it. Well, hopefully we're a team that's ready to do that. So Nebraska will... Try and ground and pound it and play a little defense with their offense, presumably Saturday for that night game at Memorial Stadium. And uh, we are on the road tomorrow. Pretty awesome. We're going to be at Single Barrel 4-6 to six in the graduate in the Haymarket, downtown Lincoln. The Redcasters podcasting tomorrow at the Hale Varsity Club at 6 and get to the uh, Hale Varsity Club uh, just off Giles in La Vista. Danny Burke's up next. 
Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Danny Burke with this VEASAN Sports Network and the Danny Burke Podcast, his daily show with VEASAN on uh, multiple networks across the country, and Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. He's known as the pride of Chicago. Danny, it's NFL season, man. How are we feeling? We're doing good, Schmitty. We, uh, we're excited for tonight, right? You got a big matchup right out of the gate with the Bills and the Rams. Hopefully my Bears don't disappoint me too much. And I know they will, don't worry. But, I, you know, I'll, I'll say I think it at least will be more competitive. So I won't wake up just wanting to already cry every single morning. I'll actually have something to look forward to with that being a competent offense. Well, so I've been in worse places. Well, Danny, <laughs> it is the hope that kills you, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. So my hope isn't high in terms of them winning. It's just I'm more expecting, again, the offense to have a little bit more rhythm uh, now that the bald man Matt Nagy is gone and they got Getsy called the play. Uh, over under on Danny Burke, uh, cry fits after Chicago games. Uh, that number five is and a half. Five and a half. He set the number. <laughs> Big picture, Daddy. Who do you like for division slash some win totals in the NFL? Who are you kind of circling? And then give me a couple of games this weekend you like. Yeah, sure thing. So for the futures market, really the team that I've been the highest on or the bet that I've liked the most is the Minnesota Vikings, I played this a couple months ago, but I took them over eight and a half wins at the price of minus 130. Now, if you still want to get involved, you can get some spots had a flat nine out there. You got to lay a little juice, and consensus seems to be about nine in the hook. And if you still want to get involved at that number, I still think this Minnesota team can get to 10 wins for sure. Their schedule sets up nicely, but more importantly, they get a new coach, Kevin O'Connell, coming from the Rams who's offensive-oriented. And O'Connell will actually be a good fit for Kirk Cousins, unlike Mike Zimmer. You've heard the fallout to the rumbling that they had between the two, and Mike Zimmer clearly didn't know what he was doing, nor was he an offensive-minded guy. So O'Connell comes in, he inherits Kirk Cousins, who, yes, we like to make fun of, but really he's a serviceable quarterback. And you have a plethora of weapons in Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, K.J. Osborne's emerging as a decent guy. You just picked up Jalen Rager and... Really, you're kind of a solid tight end away from having a complete offense. As long as your defense isn't the reason for making games close or trailing right away, this team should be able to win double-digit games. So I like them over eight-and-a-half wins. I would actually take a flyer on them to win the division over Green Bay, a team that defensively will be great, but offensively kind of a question mark with who's going to be wide receiver one and Aaron Rodgers trying to develop new relationships, and we know he struggled with that with his own family, for goodness sakes. Now we'll see if he can do it without Devontae Adams. But, uh, yeah, I like the Vikings a lot. I also took Kevin O'Connell, coach of the year, at 20-1. to 1. 
best number is about 16 to 1 you can get right now. I'd still play that. And I guess, you know, I have a few season win total bets, but I'll give you another one that I like. Uh, the Seahawks under six wins. I think this team could easily be the worst in the National Football League. I thought there was a slight glimmer of hope for them that they would go out and get a decent quarterback like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Even though that would be kind of awkward to get him in your own division, there were still rumblings that that could happen. But now they're rolling with, um, what is it, maybe Geno Smith, I guess, officially week one. It, look, it doesn't matter if it's Geno Smith. doesn't matter if it's Drew Locke. The team flat out stinks. Pete Carroll's living in the Stone Age. And the division's going to be tougher. I mean, it's always tough out in the NFC West, but, I mean, come on. The Seahawks really have nothing going for them. And I took them under six wins. I feel like, at best, they end up with six wins. So, in my mind, worst-case scenario, I'm pushing on them. And then, really quick, another one I did. I did Texans under four and a half. Not in love with that as much anymore, but I did play that. And then I did the Ravens over nine and a half for some of my other season win totals this year. Dana, let's briefly discuss the three primetime games we've got coming this week. We start off tonight with the Bills, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Rams, and I might be crazy, but I kind of like the Rams' money line there. On Sunday night, we've got the Buccaneers as a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Cowboys, and uh, who knows what to think there. That's why we're talking to you. And then Monday night, I already know the Broncos, a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the Seahawks. Broncos are covering that line all day, in my opinion, but what do you have in those three games? So for tonight, honestly, I think I'm going to stay away from the sides. I might end up live betting this thing, but look, the public's going to be all over Buffalo, and it does seem like the sharper side could end up being the Los Angeles Rams. So if you're someone who kind of likes to subscribe to that and follow along with it, the Rams could be the right move here. I mean, they could have a Super Bowl hangover, but when it's the opening night and you're going against a tough opponent in Buffalo and it's on prime time, things kind of change a little bit. But the uh, the bet that I did make was a prop bet. I'm doing Cam Akers over 12.5 carries at even money. Now, I, it's not a bet that I would seek out every single week because the Rams, we know, are an offense that loves to pass the ball. And especially if you're going to be trailing and trying to keep up with the likes of Buffalo's offense, you would imagine they wouldn't run that much. But my thought process here is that you get a healthy Cam Akers coming into the season. You have a quarterback in Matt Stafford whose elbow may or may not be up to par. We knew he was dealing with that, and now apparently there's no limitations. But still, they probably don't want to stress him that much. So I think they're going to try to run the ball early on. And also, you, you just want to establish the run in this type of game so you can keep the ball out of the hands of that dominant Bills offense led by Josh Allen. So I like Cam Akers over 12.5 carries for this game tonight. That's the only thing I've done with that. Um, in terms of the other games, Bucks and Cowboys, the Bucks are getting steamed as of late. This thing came down to one and a half. Now Tampa Bay's getting a little bit more love, up to two and a half. You, of course, could tease up the Cowboys from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. But if I'm betting anything in that game, I would consider the over. And I would look at Tampa Bay. I mean, over the long run, Tampa Bay may take a hit with all the distractions that Tom Brady allegedly is dealing with. But the Cowboys, they don't really have a wide receiver one. I mean, CeeDee Lamb's still improving. Zeke hasn't been the same. And they just lost Tyron Smith for a majority of the year. That's going to hurt offensively. And defensively, they lost pieces over the season, over the offseason, rather. I'm still just not a big Mike McCarthy guy. So, honestly, I would lean toward Tampa Bay, but I'm sure I'll get involved in the prop market the, uh, the sooner we get to that game. And then for Monday night, Elijah, man, I mean, look, yeah, the obvious option is, 
is going with your Broncos in the revenge game, so to speak, with Russell Wilson. But be careful here. This is going to be exactly like Tom Brady going back to Foxborough and playing the Patriots. Everybody and their mother was on Tom Brady, myself included. I teased them down, though, and barely covered that. This is going to be a ginormous pros versus Joes. And if this thing gets to seven, you're going to see some sharp buyback go on the side of Seattle. It's going to feel dirty. It's going to feel gross. But once it gets there, then a lot of the sharps are going to look to take the points with the Seahawks. And I don't know if I can muster up the courage to do it, but it feels like that may be the right play. Danny Burke, Vizan Sports Network. Danny, a little under a minute. Where do you lean with Nebraska? Minus 23 and a half over under 62 and a half real quick. You know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see if this line keeps going up. If it is 24, I would be tempted to look against Nebraska. I don't want to bet against them because I do want to root for them. But objectively speaking, I feel like I'd have to take it. Just because, one, obviously you haven't seen that much dominance from Nebraska. And two, Georgia Southern, I mean, look, they'll be okay. They'll be able to keep up enough. Nebraska's offensive line scares me. But, boys, the most important thing here is it's a look-ahead spot for Nebraska, right? They got Oklahoma on their radar. I feel like even though it's been kind of ugly these first two weeks, they're kind of overlooking the upcoming opponent and going, man, we got to bounce back with a big win against Boomer sooner. So uh, 24, if it gets there, may be a little bit too much, and I'd be looking to take the points at that situation. Danny Burke, Vizan Sports Network. Danny, we'll talk next week. Thanks for the time. You got it, fellas. Thank you. Take care. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Thursday, we are presented to you by Currency Hail Varsity Radio for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Be sure to check out Brandon Vogel's podcast as well, I-80 Preview. That dropped earlier today. And uh, Aaron Sorensen with her podcast as well, Her Dad Family Network. Check those out. Single Barrel, tomorrow 4 to 6. Come see us. We have some goodies. You were there last week. Uh, Single Barrel's in the hay market inside the Graduate Incredible Steakhouse. Excited to be they're on uh, Friday ahead in Nebraska, Georgia Southern. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it, yeah, as Shmidi was saying, come visit us tomorrow. As uh, they got a new layout in there uh, in the the restaurant, and it's uh, cool. it's a pretty nice little spot in there. So uh, excited to be back tomorrow. And I didn't get my chance to order a whiskey last week. We'll <laughs> see about tomorrow, though. We'll see whenever it's uh it's you and me there. You know, um, company breeds trouble. Is that, is that what the saying? Well, I, I think there's there's more opportunity to go sideways <laughs> okay that's true <laughs> so bill dolman pride of fairberry uh, nbc sports the professor gonna be making an appearance on site cedric golden we'll get his take on bama and texas cedric longtime writer covers the longhorns what's he think of saturday with saint nick coming to town and how about this dave remington uh, all-world Husker legend, Hall of Famer, Mr. College Football. You talk uh, any anniversary team, uh, old Dave's there as the center in uh, Pride of South O. So we will check in with Dave Remington tomorrow as well. So 
Uh, Dolman uh, sends a text message in, I am pro single barrel. (laughs) 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 Yes. uh, Get a a big old steak, get a big old whiskey. Uh, Speaking of drinks and steaks, uh, it is steak and a beer time. Are we ready to bet tonight? Elijah and I do this thing. If you're just new with the show in Omaha, God love you for tuning in to us. Secondly, yeah, we do a steak and a beer bet. I have accumulated seven head of cattle in the time we've been doing this show. That, I was on a hot streak yeah, yeah. for a there, while. There's no evidence of that. Okay. No, but you're you're doing all right. So Bills, Rams, Buffalo on the road, minus two and a half. What's the over-under? Uh, 52 is what the total is set at. Okay. I'm kind of buying into Searles that it ain't going to be fairy tale land for Buffalo initially. I think they'll crank up. I think they'll get good. Here's my dilemma. People who get their rings suck that night. Yeah. The bowls go through it. The emotion, that's no good. So that's got to be why Buffalo's favored. Do you, want, do you want my pick first? I mean, it sounds like you're struggling over there. I got my pick locked in. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Rams. We go with the Rams, despite what I just said. We go with the Rams. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the two and a half. See, I was thinking Rams money line as well. Rams to win straight up. We can, we want to go total instead. Because we're, we're both going to sound like idiots listen, tonight. No, no, you're fine. I'll, I'll take Buffalo. No, 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 no. No, I'll take Buffalo. No, let's go over-under. If we both like the Rams, let's let's, let's over-under 52. Give me Anders. You want under 52? I'll take over 52 happily. Okay. Happily, I'll go over 52. There's our bet be for the night. Be a 10 to 9 ball game. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say I want that steak and that steak and that steak. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Get the podcast. Find us on YouTube with Hale Varsity. A Huda Media Production.